bat on that swing and still drove it out of the park. The bat shattered in his hands. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. I am Johnny Nani. I'm joined tonight by Tony Marchese and Andrew Kinsler. Three-man show tonight. It is a big one. White Sox win 3-1 to one on the north side to open the Crosstown Series for the year. Guys, how are we feeling about this win? Johnny and Tony, man, it is great to be here with you. As a lot of people say on Cubs Twitter, it is great to be us. Well, right now, um, things are feeling pretty great on the south side, um, especially Eloy Jimenez. I bet he's feeling pretty good tonight. I think everything is perfect, and I'm gonna, just going to throw that little hand signal up. Um, this was this was really fun to watch. You know, up until you know the ninth inning, you know, we had a pretty tight ball game, and then enter the man of the hour, Eloy Jimenez. Man, I don't know what it is, but when I make a pick to click and it's Eloy, he seems to go off. I don't know if I want to jinx this yet, but um, I'm having a lot of fun when I pick Eloy because you know he just he seems to hit you know two home runs, clutch home runs all the time when I make him and I pick to click. So not to toot my own horn too much here, but um, I'm, I'm a huge Eloy guy now, especially after tonight. This was, it, we couldn't have planned this out better. You know, just the theatrics of the night, Eloy Jimenez showing the Cubs and their fans what could have been. And as White Sox fans, we got to revel in it and drink Cub fan tears tonight. And nothing tastes sweeter than cup fan tears nothing tastes sweeter tony i think you said it best there when you're talking about the theatrics and everything right before we jumped on the call everybody we were talking a little bit like oh yeah you know it would have been nice if Eloy would have hit a grand slam in that first inning there when we had the bases loaded but i think the three theatrics of it the dramatic effect of hitting that in the ninth inning um i do think that makes this just that much more sweeter um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I, I love the fact that we are the ones playing the late inning hero because um, you think if we don't get those runs there in the ninth inning, it may be a Javi Baez walking it off. It may be someone else in the heart of that Cubs order walking this thing off against the White Sox and probably making the show very depressing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I was very, very happy to see that home run right there because uh... – we did not want the chance for the Cubs to walk it off there, and especially that it was a two-run bomb there. So I believe it was James McCann started things off with a single there. He got the rally going there. So it was just good to have insurance, and then great to see Alex Colomay shut the door. Uh, you know, plenty of people are talking about potential Alex Colomay trade. Um, I'm glad he's here right now. I'm glad he shut the door. He looked great tonight, as well as, you know, a lot of the other pitching um, – from the rest of the night, particularly the bullpen. Well, you know what? We got that A squad, and this is something that we talked about last night, Shy Sox Weekly. Um, I think I talked about it with Buzz. Can't remember if I did or not when we did the last on tap. But when we were doing predictions last night, I said, this game will deter- be determined by how long Nova stays in it. And this was the perfect amount of time that for Nova. You know, he goes five innings. You know, he starts to get into a little bit of trouble in the sixth. Ricky pulls him. You know, I've been on Ricky, and he made a lot of dumb decisions tonight. But I th- I think that one of his best decisions was giving Nova that quick hook and going to Bummer. Because when you're in the sixth, we've talked about this countless times. We have the bullpen to take from the sixth inning to the ninth inning and shut a game down. We can shorten a ball game. And when you can shorten a ball game, 
that gives you an incredible amount of chances to win because you don't have to have your starter go seven, eight innings and get to your closer. We've got four or five guys right now that can go in there and get through an inning clean. And that's exactly what you saw tonight. And, you know, bummer, Marshall, you didn't see Herrera. Uh, you saw Jace Fry come in for, for the batter and just get him out. I think that was Schwarber. It uh, was. Uh, threw him uh, an excellent curveball in that, uh, in that sequence right there. Um, you know, and that, that was a little bit of a risky play. But I liked it, you know, get the guy back in. I mean, he hasn't thrown in a while in-game. He's, he just came off of the just, IL. Yeah. So, I was just going to say that. Um, it's, it, it was a little bit risky. It was a little bit controversial. I think if you're, if you're reading tweets on White Sox Twitter right when Ricky made that move, a lot of people were left puzzled. Um, but, you know, everything worked out. You go to Marshall right after that. And then Calame, the guy that a lot of people think that we should trade, comes in and shuts it down and – you know, one, two, three, right there. That's it. That's how you shorten a ball game. And this is a perfect example um, of, you know, a bullpen that's working. You see this in the playoffs. This was a playoff-style baseball game. Tight ball game, you know, the bullpen comes in, shortens it, and you, you get some heroics from your star. This is awesome. This is exactly what White Sox fans should continue to expect from this team as they figure it out. And like we always talk about, build that winning culture. I'm thrilled with this game. I absolutely am. And just to get everyone caught up to speed here, so uh, Kyle Babe Ruth Schwarber let off the uh, Cubs' bottom half of the first with a home run against Ivan Nova, and then it was shut down. That was the only run the Cubs ended up with all night. Um, it was a solo shot in that bottom of the first, like I mentioned. Um, White Sox did not get on the board until the sixth inning in this game when Lurie Garcia doubled. And then Tim Anderson hit a ground ball to El Mago, uh, electric man himself, Javier Baez, who technically was ruled single, but the throw, uh, the error on the throw going into that dugout there uh, ended up letting Lurie score. So that's how the Sox got on the board to tie it up. And the uh, heroics in the ninth inning, top of the ninth from Eloy Jimenez. Uh, Andrew had already mentioned it. James McCann got off the single to lead off the inning. Eloy, broken bat, home run into the bleachers in left field. Beautiful uh, sight for White Sox fans all around there. Um, just what Tony had mentioned, I mean, he was talking about shortening the game there. We absolutely did it. Uh, and he had mentioned all those guys that were in there. Bummer, Fry, Marshall. Um, I mean, and then Kyle may obviously to lock it down. So uh, I agree with you, Tony, that this was a kind of a playoff atmosphere uh, type of, you know, game in the uh, composition of it and how it played out. And then uh, what you need to do to win one of these types of games, too. Right. And I want to continue on with the Eloy hit, with the absolute bomb that was hit by Eloy. So um, also, first off, Great to see those Cubs fans in the bleachers there use those hard hats that they, um, you know, brag about all of the time, talking about all those bombs. Uh, great to see. I mean, you know, hey, I guess it's a safety issue whenever Eloy Jimenez is in town. But um, also, we've seen the power on just some of these absolute bombs he's had. So, I mean, you know, the first one he had at home against Washington and then the absolute bomb that he had against the Royals in Kansas City, but to hit the ball off the end of the bat like that and have the bat actually break and still have it leave the yard, you don't see it that often. And, I mean, it got out pretty handily, and he 
he had even thought that it was just a fly ball himself. He um, had mentioned in the postgame interview that he wasn't really sure if it was going to go out or not. And just to see that effortless power, it's just a great sign of more great things to come out of him as, I mean, he's just been on a tear lately. Um, I don't know what his splits have been over the past week or so, but I imagine coming into this game, I remembered seeing something on Twitter that his slugging percentage was at 900 or something crazy like that. And I mean, it sure, it, it sure went up tonight. So great night for him going two for three with those two RBIs. Hey, Andrew, I don't think the uh, appropriate split would be over the past week. I think it's ever since Tony and I had that very depressing Friday night at Kansas City Sox on Tap episode (laughs) where I absolutely reamed the White Sox system for um, why do our prospects take so long to develop, yada, yada, yada. Is Eloy going to be the same story as uh, Giolito Lopez uh, um, Mancata taking so long to figure it out? And ever since then, he has proven us wrong. So uh, we will consider that the shy or excuse me the uh sax hunt tap split there i can totally work with that because i mean he's just he's just taken off he's really at a whole new level now and it's just good to be us guys yeah <laughs> you know it's it's really oh, it's funny. so good to be us it's really funny johnny because i look at that as kind of like the turning point not because you know obviously i don't know maybe they listened i don't know but ever since we had that defeating loss and you and i sat here and, you know, I think we went a little bit over. We probably could have went and talked two hours about some of the frustrations that we've had with this team. And, you know, Eloy Jimenez starting off slow and getting injured and all this other stuff. And, you know, you bring up all the other guys. We could go through the names. But ever since that game, you're right. He has really turned it up another level. And not just back to, like, a level of, okay, he's doing okay. He's a superstar right now in the making. And, you know, the the power is on full display. Uh, Andrew, you talked about how, you know, he hits it off the end of the bat and breaks it and it gets out. The other thing about Eloy Jimenez is his swing is so simple and easy. There is zero effort in that swing. Imagine if this guy tried to hit underneath one and put it out. It would probably travel 550 feet. There's just – there's – there's something to be said for this guy's swing when he doesn't look like he's trying to kill the ball. You know, a guy on the flip side, you go look at like a Yoan Moncada's swing, he looks like he's trying to obliterate everything. Whereas Eloy Jimenez, it's just, it's so fluid, it's simple, it, it, there's not like a lot of, um, I don't know the word that I'm searching for here, but there's not a lot of chaoticness to it. Even though Yoan Moncada's swing is also a, a beautiful swing too, it just doesn't seem like Eloy's trying to murder everything. And, you know, it's it says a lot about how much power that this guy has. And I expect this batting average to climb up a little bit too. So look out. I mean, it's just it's so incredible to watch this guy right now. Incredible as a great word to describe it. Um, I would agree with you, Tony. It does look like it's just very effortless for him. I think that's the easiest uh, thing to say about it. Um, I know he has the natural power. He's a strong guy, a bigger guy than a Yohan Moncada type of build. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, look out for this guy. Uh, When we say, you know, pray for the league. I mean, really, with this guy, if he starts catching fire, I mean, really, just watch out. Um, Pitchers beware. That's all I can say about uh, 
um, Eloy Jimenez there. But a guy that you had brought up there, uh, Yoan Moncada. I know we're all riding high. We want to talk about the positives in this game. But Yoan Moncada did not start this game. He came in as part of a double switch when Aaron Bummer came into the game to pitch. And uh, Yoan replaced Jose Rondon at third base. Um, guys, what did you see in Yoan's at bat, and why is it concerning? So I just thought it was weird that Ricky brought him into the game if he's not even going to take the bat off his shoulders, really. So um, I know it was a strategic move, so to speak, to use the double switch with Jose Rondon having been the last batter of the inning there. And um, as I've pretty much made it known, I am all on board with the DFA Jose Rondon to the moon movement. Um, I'll, I will be collecting change out front of the rate at upcoming home games to help send him to space. But um, so, yeah, I mean, anytime you see Rondon come out of the game, that's ideal. And that had made me have hope that Mankata was feeling better. But then when you just see that at bat, it just didn't look right. I mean, even the announcers themselves were saying it. He usually doesn't go up there and try to bunt twice in a row. Um, a lot of people were saying that Ricky had probably anticipated that Cole Hamels would be out of the game and Mankata would bat would would be batting lefty, and that's probably where he's most comfortable at bunting. But um, I mean, if you're the Cubs, I don't see why you would bring in a, a righty to face Mankata there. I mean, he is very much known to be a, a, a much stronger left-handed bat than he is from the right side. So not not great. Um, you know, you just have to hope that whatever issues he has going on with that back, uh, it seems as they've continued to linger. So, I mean, he played in Sunday's game, but then exited, and then now he wasn't on the lineup card today. Uh, you know, you hope that he's able to get that figured out, and if it takes an... an IL stint, you know, I mean, like, you would hope that they're able to use it, but since he's been playing, they aren't able to have it retroactive to a certain date. So, tough situation there. Well, and this is something that I think we kind of touched on right when this happened. Uh, I think it was you, Johnny. We talked about how um, these back issues can be tricky and they can continue to nag along for a player. And, and, you know, we all go back to that famous Sammy Sosa sneezes and has back spasms incident. Um, you know, this is going to be something that <clears throat> I feel like can continue to creep. And maybe the all-star break is what Johan Moncada needs right here. He needs some extended period of time. If they're not going to put him on the IL, he needs some days off. Um, and it's just stupid at this point in time that he's continuing to play in these games. And he's not even playing the full game. He's not 100%. He's not giving you everything that he's got at the plate. He obviously looks fine in the field. Um, we saw a great play where he, he, he uh, fielded a ball and, and uh, got a clutch double play there in the field. So that looks fine. But if he can't bat, and that's one of Yohan Mancata's uh, biggest tools and um, things that he brings to the table as far as uh, a player on this team, he's, he's a dangerous bat. And if he is unable to do anything in the lineup, what's the difference between him and Jose Rondon? I, I don't see any real difference there in, in, in the lineup. Um, 
but you know the Sox don't really have outside of Rondon, who I don't really even consider a third baseman. They don't really have any other options right now at third base. So it just and the, the weird thing is, guys, we've been winning games without Yohan Moncada. So I don't know what that's about either, but there's this lineup is going to be so much more dangerous when he is fully healthy, and I want to see him get back so that we can really see what this team's about. Just imagine, I mean, just think about that for a second here. We've we've beaten some really good teams without him. Um, getting him back and getting him in the groove again, man, again, look out. Absolutely. Um, both those first two Yankee wins without him, um, like we said, he came in. He did uh, take part in that uh, start of the double play uh, that was clutch to get, um, I believe that was Marshall out of the jam there. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I want to see you on Mankata healthy. Um, I'm not sure what the deal is. You know, you keep bringing him in. Andrew just mentioned you can't put it retroactive to a certain date then. Um, because if he had not played in that Sunday game, did not play tonight, then you could retroact it, retroactivate it to, uh, you know, almost mid last week um, before that Yankee series. Uh, keep him out for whatever you need, and then even if you reactivate him and he sits out for a couple of games there, um, then you know he could get his time off, those days off that you had mentioned, Tony. That you know the All Star break maybe bringing him there um you could be getting those right now um in games that he wasn't playing anyway and now he's just playing um fractions of them right now so uh it'll be interesting we got to monitor that situation going forward uh definitely something you keep an eye on i would imagine um since he did not take the bat off his shoulders pretty much tonight uh that we would see jose rondon again out there tomorrow uh guys do we want to get into tomorrow's game um, I think that about covers it. We've had our uh, positives. Uh, Tony, you say you got something yeah, more? I I also had something too. Uh, did you want to go? No, uh, I'll let you. Time. I'll let you go first. I had I had a few different things. I'm just uh, formulating right now. So I guess the first thing I wanted to say is uh, hopefully we don't see Jose Rondon coming up here. Uh, one thing I would like to see is I think it's about that time that we're going to see John Jay coming back. One thing I would promote here would be John Jay to center field, Larry Garcia to second base, and then Yolmer Sanchez playing third. If you're going to have Mankata out there for um, not really being healthy for an extended period of time, um, that would be ideal if he does have to have an IL stint and if John Jay will be activated. Either way, because then even if John Jay comes up, you could see a guy like Cordell or Tilson go down and you're still able to, you know, put that line about there. I think that's the best way that you have a chance to win just because, I don't know, I'm done with Jose Rondon. But also, I did want to give a little bit more kudos tonight to the White Sox, end this on a little bit more of a positive note before Tony gets into some of the things that he wanted to touch on and we get into tomorrow's game. The fielding looked great, especially from Yolmer Sanchez. So there was that one little issue there in the eighth inning when that Chris Bryant single fell in between three or four guys there. Um, think of matter that had to do with Larry Garcia playing so far back um, with Chris Bryant being the power hitter and as well as the fact that he did look like he came up a little bit gimpy on that one double that he hit. So hopefully he's all right. But um, other than that, Yomer Sanchez played pretty great at second base he had a lot of action there especially in some of those middle innings I, I I feel like almost every other play 
was a ground ball to him trying to turn a double play. Um, and then he did have that one really great diving play up the middle where he missed throwing out Chris Bryant at first by an eyelash. So props to Yolmer. That was some great fielding that probably did save us. Um, if not runs a few more sticky situations. So way to go Yolmer. Uh, Tony, what else did you have? You know what? Yolmer was one of the observations that I had as well. Um, I loved what I saw from him defensively today. Uh, just, you know, I think you summed it up real uh, right there real good. Um, one of the other things, uh, why the Zach Collins call up right now? I understand that you have the, the backup catcher role. Why not get this kid in the game? I know Yalmer, or, uh, Yonder Alonzo had a pinch hit opportunity in this game. Give that to Zach Collins. He's got the family here. Um, kid's eager to play. I know that they kind of did this with Sebi Zavala too. And this is kind of one of those things. I know, Johnny, you talked about it. You think that uh, Zach Collins is heading right back to Charlotte as soon as the stint's over and Wellington Castillo's uh, healthy again. So this is almost exactly the same thing we see here is, you know, not a lot of game action for Zach Collins. Um, obviously, he comes up today as his first day in the big leagues. Maybe we'll see him tomorrow. I don't know. But that McCann-Giolito uh, thing, I, I don't want to mess with that. So I don't think Ricky's that dumb uh, to, to screw with that. But why not give him a pinch hit at bat at some point in, in this ball game? I don't think it hurts anything. Um, the difference between Yonder Alonso and Zach Collins can't be too far between, you know, somebody who's never seen major league pitching and somebody who looks like they've never seen major league pitching is, you know, exactly <laughs> the the thing that I'm getting at here. <laughs> That's why you tune into socks on tap folks. I love it. Um, and then the second thing, I don't know if we talked too much about it, is is Lure Garcia. Um, there was a lot of talk today about him being injured uh, on that double. And uh, the one play that it really showed that you know there was something going on with Lure was when they hit that ball. The Cubs hit the ball out to center field. Uh, all th- uh, I think it was Tim Anderson, Eloy, and Garcia came running towards it, and it dropped in the middle of them. Uh, Garcia kind of slowed up, not once, but twice during that play. Uh, so there is something going on there. It's something we got to monitor. I don't know if they talked about it at all on the postgame show. Uh, obviously, we all hopped on here probably right after Eloy uh, talked. But um, I'm not sure what's going to go on with that. Um, I really like what you had suggested there, Andrew. Um, Rondone, um, I don't know. There's nothing really doing there. But um, – the other thing that I want to talk a little bit about is that have we all noticed that Eloy Jimenez is coming out of these ball games in this in the eighth ninth inning defensively for Charlie Tilson, and this is one of the things that I yep. want to monitor is the fact that he is one of our best bats, and at one point in time, I'm just a little worried that this is going to come back to bite us. Should we give up some runs late and then you know the bat come back to Charlie Tilson instead of Eloy Jimenez? I don't think this lineup has the same type of power of it. The writing is on the wall for Eloy Jimenez to be moving to DH because the defense out there is just not good. Um, his his tool is his bat, and that's the best thing about him. Obviously, that was on full display. I don't want to discredit Eloy's game today, but you know it just shows right now the confidence this team has in him playing left field right now, and it's just something that we have to keep an eye on because – as we've talked about so many times, we have so many of these first base DH types, um, and, and Eloy is one of them. So 
just something to keep an eye on that I wanted to bring up because I noticed it again today. This isn't the first time it happened, um, and you know I, I'm I'm not a, I'm not against bringing in better defensive players in the outfield, but at the same point in time, uh, I know the DH isn't available tonight. We're in the National League Stadium. Um, it's time to start getting Eli some reps at first base. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I think it could either be that, but I mean. A lot of these young guys, it can take time for them to really hone the craft in their outfield positions. I think we're going to make sure to give Eloy plenty of time to, you know, either prove himself or not. I think that'll continue through the rest of this year and on, on through next season. Um, I mean, I mean, you know, especially when these guys come up to the major leagues, they aren't of finished product, and I think. One thing I'm, I might even look at is uh, one of the guys on the opposite side of town there, Kyle Schwarber. So he's still by no means a great fielder, but, I mean, he's gotten a lot better out there and left than he has since he originally started playing there. Um, and that just takes time. That just takes repetition. It takes practice. I know on the broadcast today they said that uh, Daryl Boston was out there early hitting some pretty hard liners at Eloy, so he was prepared to play the outfield tonight. Um, you know, hopefully it's just a matter of time. That's just my hopeful thinking. I'm sure if things continue this way, that would be the case. But I also see the Charlie Tilson coming in late to games as a uh, defensive substitution as almost the end there for Ryan Cordell. So, um, you know, they're pretty comparable in the field. Maybe Ryan Cordell has the slight edge, but Charlie Tilson does have that superior bat to him. And I think that if it comes down to those two, I think that you're going to see Ryan Cordell go down because they have been preparing uh, Charlie Tilson for this late inning substitution role that um, a lot of other people would think maybe would go to Ryan Cordell. Yeah, great points by both of you. I think you guys summed up the situation there. Just a little bit of news update to supplement what was just said uh, in all of that right there. Uh, John Jay, when we were talking about Larry Garcia um, being uh, looking like he was like, you know, a little bit sore, um, a little bit slow, whatever you want to call it, after that double that he had hit in that sixth inning, uh, John Jay was pulled from the Charlotte Knights game tonight early. Um, he had three at-bats, and then he was yanked from the game. Uh, some people think that may be a sign of him being called up, a possible Larry I.L. stint. We don't know, obviously, the exact extent of it. He did end up staying in the game and finishing it. Uh, had a couple of catches in the ninth, uh, two fly balls that went to center field. So um, we will see. We will see what happens there. We will continue to monitor the situation, um, let you know of any updates that become available there. But uh, definitely all hypotheticals to uh, keep in mind. And what Andrew had suggested earlier with those position switches, that may not be the worst thing in the world if Lurie is still healthy. Um, and you want to, you know, eliminate the Jose Rondon uh, experiment from the mix there. So um, the, the, I think that's all we've got for the uh, nagging issues uh, related to this game here. Tony, I agree with you that, um, you know, the. Uh, Defensive substitution has been a commonplace thing uh, with Eloy coming out in those latter innings. So um, I don't know if that's a sign of he's just he's going to eventually be moved off of there or they're just increasing their uh, win percentage by putting a better defensive fielder in there. 
when they already have a two-run lead, um, but definitely something to keep an eye on going forward. So uh, do we want to get into tomorrow's game now? Absolutely. All righty. So tomorrow night, um, the White Sox are at the Cubs once again on the north side, same time <laughs> start as tonight. Um, the White Sox will be trotting out Lucas Giolito, and the Cubs will have John Lester on the bump. Um, guys, what are you guys looking forward to most in this matchup? So I'm looking forward to Lucas Giolito continuing this run of success he's been having. So it's a tale of two different pitchers here. So the resurgence of one and then kind of the struggles of another one here with John Lester. So first with Lucas Giolito, I mean, as we've said a million times here, he's really changed his game from last season. It really is impressive stuff to see um, pretty much from going the, from the worst pitcher statistic-wise in the MLB last season to arguably one of the best, probably deserving of an AL starting spot for the All-Star game um, compared to John Lester. So, I mean, he's had a decent year this season, um, but ERA a little bit higher than usual there at the 4.08. And a lot of it has been due to some early injury issues that he's had and since he's came back from that he's been up and down so you know some starts good some starts bad um and as he's really been the anchor for this cubs team particularly in the playoffs being their go-to number one guy um you know it seems like things are changing here but either way he's always a guy that'll get up for the big game so i think we'll see another type of pitchers duel tomorrow hopefully with some heroics from the white Sox. hopefully lucas giolito does well which he did pretty well against them last season when he didn't have his best stuff i think he still walked seven guys but he only gave up one or two runs so um hopefully now with his retuned up uh mechanics he'll be a nice finely tuned oiled up machine headed into wrigley to get win number 11 yeah i'm i'm on the same boat as you man Lucas Giolito, I know I'm not allowed to talk about him. This is the second night in a row that I'm talking about how good Rule. Lucas Giolito is. I'm just breaking rules all over the place. I don't care. Um, you know, Lucas Giolito is going to pass 100 strikeouts on the year tomorrow. That's impressive. And, you know, I, I just – this couldn't set up better for the White Sox with Lucas Giolito on the mound tomorrow against Lester. We talked about this on Chai Sox Weekly. This is going to be a great matchup. This is must-see TV, and I'm hoping that Lucas Giolito gets win number 11 tomorrow just as much as everybody else is in the White Sox community. And, you know, I think outside of that, what I'm excited to see is potentially Zach Collins' first at-bat in the White Sox uniform. Um, you know, he didn't get one tonight, kind of touched on that already. But uh, other than that, I'm just looking forward to uh, hearing uh, – Another Sox on Tap episode, talk about the White Sox sweeping the Cubs in Wrigley Field. Ooh, that would be beautiful. That, that would be beautiful. I would be much looking forward to that as well. Um, unfortunately, uh, there may be a little bit of uh, delay to this or possibly postponement. Um, Andrew, do you, do you know why? Yeah, so uh, it's a little bit due to the weather and, you know, we always do our research here on Socks on Tap, and, you know, we may not always be as knowledgeable about certain things. We, we, we know quite a bit about baseball. We know quite a bit about beer. Um, but whenever we know someone that knows a little bit more about certain 
like topics than we do, we're smart enough to know that we're able to outsource those to other people. So uh, we're going to send it out east here to uh, weather correspondent here, Tony Twister's here. Hey, guys, what's going on? This is Tony Twister joining you guys live from New Jersey. You know, I've been waiting to get on this show. I heard you guys needed a weatherman. You got a cease and desist from Tony Skilling. And now I'm here, your weather guy, Tony Twister. So how are you guys doing tonight? How you doing? Tony, we're really flying high here, man. The balls were just flying out of Wrigley there. Did you see that uh, Eloy guy hit that ball way out of the yard there? It was just, oh, it was something. You know, I couldn't catch the ball game tonight. I was stuck on the boardwalk, you know, watching. I don't even know what it was. But, you know, people were walking up and down the boardwalk. It was a great night out in Jersey. And, you know, but, you know, I had to I had to leave a little bit early because I had to get the weather report ready for tonight. You know, guys, I have to tell you some bad news. I got some oh, real, no, real bad so, news for tomorrow. Say it ain't so. I, I, can't, I, I can't do that. I got to say it is so. The weather tomorrow, not looking great. Not looking great for anything. You know, it, at, at about 5 o'clock, the rains is going to move in. You know, there's expecting some few showers out there. There's about a 50% chance that by 5, 6 o'clock, you're going to be seeing some rain. It's not looking good. However, if you however, don't mind me, I, got some, if, I got some decent news for you. I heard from a source. I got a guy. I got a guy who's up in Chicago. He's a real good guy. You should meet him one day. I'll give you his number. You can meet him. You can take him out. You can get him, you know, get him a little wasted. He'll tell you everything that I know. But until then, I'm going to tell you this. He knows the sod father, and I heard last night that the sod father and Tom Ricketts were having dinner, and Tom Ricketts kissed the ring. He he got the sod father up to Wrigley Field to get this field ready for this ball game. So there's a chance. I'm not telling you it's gonna happen, but there's a chance. Now the showers is gonna continue. It's a 50/50 shot. I can't tell you if it's gonna be good or if it's gonna be bad. I know I'm the weatherman, and I'm supposed to tell you something definitive. But hey, we all have our faults. So I can't do I can't do you a hundred percent, but I can give you somewhere around the range. And right now, somewhere between 30, 50%, you're gonna get it. Now, the humidity is gonna continue to climb throughout the night. So if you're one of those people that doesn't like the humidity, maybe stay away from this ball game. Stay inside your house. Air conditioning. It's a good thing. I know you guys got that out in Chicago. So keep it going. Winds are going to be up at the, about a 10 mile an hour from the north. I don't know how the field's facing, so I don't know if I can tell you if that's blowing out, if it's blowing in, if there's going to be bombs, if there's going to be fly balls that Cubs fans are going to be screaming about, and they're not going to go out of the park. I heard that happens up there. It's a common occurrence, and, you know, that shit just happens sometimes. So the rain's going to continue throughout the night. It's going all the way till into the next morning. So there's a chance that we're talking about this game on Thursday, not Wednesday. If that happens, I still think that this kid, Lucas Giolito, I had dinner with him once. You know, he's a real good guy, likes Jersey. His parents are nice. You know, the Giolito family, don't mess with them. They're going to you up. Now, come on down and, uh, you know, listen to more some Tony Twisters. I got the best weather report in Jersey. I'm doing it now for Socks on Tap. I'm going to become a Chicago guy. I'm going to learn a little bit more about Chicago as we go along here. But that's all I got for you. Any questions? Hey, uh, yeah, Tony, I really do appreciate that from you, bud. As a, as a sweaty boy myself, I really do appreciate you 
uh, giving me a nice little warming day about the humidity there. Maybe I'll put on another shirt underneath my jersey. You there know, sometimes it does get game. sweaty when it's when it's humid. It does get sweaty. That's why you gotta have you gotta have that undershirt on. Whenever it gets above fifty percent humidity here, I uh, my shirt tends to look like I uh, just got out of the swimming pool there. But um, if, if, so so we're talking rain here. Are we talking like a like a warm rain, or are we talking like a cold, hard Italian ice type of rain there? You know, I can't really give you the definite answer here because the rain is only at a fifty percent chance right now. It could be a cold rain. It could be a warm rain. I'm not really sure. I'm not in Chicago. Again, I'm out on the boardwalk right now. I'm talking to my guys. I'm going to get somebody on the ground. But right now, you know, you might get some cold rain. You might get a little hot rain. I'm not sure. Oh, that works for me, man. Hey, I mean, we would love to have you out here in in, uh, Chicago. Do one of these live here with you. But I'll take 50-50 with the rain here, you know. uh, the Sox had less than a 50-50 chance here in winning this ball game here. If uh, you, you listen to those uh, jerks out there in Vegas, but uh, hey, I, guess I got a guy. 50-50. I got a guy it's for like you. It's like either go black or you either go red on the roulette. I got a guy um, for you. If you're if you're a big better guy, and you need a guy, talk to shy gonna, John. No, 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 no. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> if you need a guy, I got a guy out here. He's out. He's a good fella. Good, good fella out in Jersey. You know, works down at Atlantic City. None of this Vegas stuff. I'll get you a guy. Talk to me offline. You know, hit me up in the in the text messages or the DMs or something. I'll get you a guy. He's got some. He's got some good parlays. I'll I'll hook you up real nice. Tony Twisters, everybody. The weather report brought to you outsourced from Jersey. Excellent stuff. Um, we 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 need to bring in our experts for that. Uh, yes, there is a chance for rain tomorrow. We will see how it is looking on the north side. Come seven oh five p.m. tomorrow night. Um, like Tony had mentioned, that the rain is possible in between that five and six o'clock hour. So we will keep you updated with that on the Sacks on Tap Twitter account. Um, guys, I'm really pissed. Uh, I got fired from the weather report. Yeah, yeah, dude. I don't know what happened. We just you know. Stopped hearing you, and then in came this guy from Jersey or whatever. Weirdest thing ever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's some good information to have since, you know, we aren't the experts there. But this can be your one-stop shop here, as Buzz always mentions here, for, uh, you know, Chicago sports as well as Chicago weather. So, with that, I think we might as well get into pick the clicks now that that weird guy's gone. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if Tony Twistas knew anything about the picks to click for the game. Um, I'd so, like to take him out for a nice ball game, though. He seems like a one oh eight or I'm sure he, he is. I'm sure he, he is. Seems like seems like he would enjoy that. Guys, um I, I am gonna have to go with Drumroll James McCann. James McCann. Nice nice call. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go take Jose. I can't stay on Eloy every day just because if I stay on Eloy, I feel like the magic's gonna wear out. Let's go Jose Abreu tomorrow. All right, so we're gonna break the rules here. We usually have it be that if two people are on socks on tap, they can't pick the same pick to click. At least that's what we've been going with lately. That might change moving forward. But since there's three, I think I'm gonna break the rules a little bit. I'm gonna go with Jose as well. Um, you know, he's done pretty well against John Lester, over 15 career at-bats. And I would really like to see him hit one of those bleachers. Um, I know we were talking about rain, whether that be the warm rain, whether that be the cold rain. 
I think it's going to be raining baseballs again. Those Cubs fans in the bleachers better have their hard hats on because Jose is going to take one to the – I'm going to go right center field bleachers. I think he's going to get a nice outside pitch, take it where it's given, and uh, crush that and make up for that you know, off-balance strikeout there that led to the uh, interference there but didn't wind up mattering in this ballgame tonight. Yeah, I like that. I like Jose. I've gone with him the past two days. Uh, I don't want to jinx it. Don't want to three-peat it. Um, go with him again. So that's why I have McCann there. Um, good picks all around, guys. Uh, great show. A lot of fun, guys. Um, any Anytime the White Sox beat the Cubs, it's great. Uh, that's all I've got for tonight. Um, you guys got any last words? Beat the Cubs. Go Sox. That Tony twist these guys. <laughs> I don't like him so much either. I'm glad you're back, Tony. Let's go White Sox. Let's go White Sox. Let's go Sox. Let's go Sox.